Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I'm on a journey to get better in all areas of life, from wellness and mental health to career and relationships and so much more. I know getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when you can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Menunos. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together. When you know better, you get better. That's what we're doing here every single day. Friends, we are going to jump right into part two of our interview with Terry Cole. She wrote the incredible book, Boundary Boss. And we really had an amazing conversation with her and we kept her extra so that we could just squeeze out as much juice from that lemon as we could or whatever you want to call it. I liked that. Um, Yeah. So I had a Meyer lemon for the first time, by the way. Have you ever had a Meyer lemon, Kelsey Meyer? I don't, I've I've seen like Meyer lemon scents and stuff. I don't know if Uh, I've had a specific Meyer lemon It's pretty bomb. I have a half in the fridge I will share. It's kind of a citrus, like no, all of it citrus, but like kind of orangey. It's incredible. Anyway, uh, (laughs) I digress. So friends, we're going to go right into our interview. We're talking about standing up for your truth. We're talking about proactive boundaries, how to set them with your family. No one share this with my family, please. And uh, because as I said to the girls, (laughs) I'm kind of the sacrificial lamb. I have to use myself and my examples to try to give you know, everyone, something to apply for their lives. And of course, I always want the help too, because I'm on the journey right there with you guys. Uh, before we get to the interview, mariamenunos.com, you know, we've worked really hard on that website and we're updating our shop page and we're making little updates here and there. Um, right now, our new blog is up for my favorite clean tanning drops. And Kelsey is the one who brought me these. Um, our summer in Connecticut where I would test all our stuff and say, oh, <laughs> this is clean. I could use this. You shortcutted my clean journey so that I could yes. actually get on it. And I think that that's the hardest part about going clean for people is it seems so overwhelming. You don't know where to start. And then you feel like you're going to spend all this money on product that may not work. Well, we've done that for you. And so Isla Paradise is bomb. It's incredible. Um, and if for some reason your moisturizer is not working with it, It needs to be oil-based. So my active moisture Melogica does not work with it. So I use my True Botanicals oil moisturizer, and that's where I don't get the spots with it. That's so interesting. Mm -hmm. So you're 
your moisturizer needs to be an oil-based moisturizer, mm -hmm. which you can see if it's water or oil-based based off of the first couple ingredients. See? If you look. There you go, Queen. Fun fact. Uh, wow. Just a little tip because sometimes I was like, wait, why is this becoming like this? This is so strange. Good to know. Anyhow, uh, Isle of Paradise Drops heading into summer and spring or spring and summer. So uh, you're going to want that. But there's also body ones too that are incredible. Head over to the shop page, take a look. You get money back on anything you buy in the shop page. As of right now, it's going to end up changing because we have to fix the page and we're going to have to change some widgets and all this website talk. But um, but right now you get a discount on it. You get money back. So head on over there, get yourself squared away for summer. In the meantime, let's talk boundaries. Talking about friends who will sit there and talk about their toxic relationship and never ask you about you. Um what do you say in those situations where you find yourself, okay, now I'm aware I'm with people who maybe I haven't seen in a long time and it's, they've not asked me anything about my own life. Mm -hmm. Well, I have a whole script in the book about this. I would say, Hey, Betty, whoever the person is, um, you know, I've been really working on, you know, usually I'm the listener a lot, like, like I'm very comfortable listening and I love you and I love to hear what's going on with you, but I'm actually working to assert myself. So if it's okay with you, I want to share my news first, and then can we talk about your stuff after? Kelsey, how does that ring to you? I like that. I actually just wrote something on my hand because I was reminding myself <laughs> that I set a good boundary last week and I wanted to remind myself of it. What was your boundary last week? Because I kind of did that. I have people and, you know, it, it comes with the territory, but people have my cell phone number mm -hmm. and mm. instead of emailing, they will call me 25,000 times and text oh, me. No. Oh, no, Terry. It makes me want to lose my mind. I do lose my mind. So I actually messaged someone back last week and I was just, I just kind of set a nice clean boundary and it was very much like that. It was like, hey, you know, I'm working on setting new boundaries. I'm really trying. Yeah, I did. And Good she, queen. yeah, and she was really um, receptive of it. And I was like, ah, look at me. Yeah. So, anyways, I wrote that on my hand to remind myself. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, but how amazing uh, that you can do that, right? And it, and I didn't die, and all was it was fine. It was fine because I think that's what we think, Terry. We all think that like the world's going to end when we set a boundary, mm -hmm. you know. And I was fine, so you will be too. There you go. <laughs> I always tell them I go in there and I'm into the office. I'm like, no, you don't make, don't let people give you their work yeah. because I've watched that in my office for years, where you know people will pile their work on to my team, and I'm like, no, no, no. That's their work. Yep, <laughs> and every yep. time Kelsey would try to adopt it, I go, no, it's, no. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm good at like doing it for everybody else. Yeah. Um, it's been, you know, a process learning it myself, but we've been really talking about boundaries a lot and I'm very much in anticipation of this conversation. By the <laughs> way, if you guys are watching this on YouTube right now, leave us comments below. Tell us what boundaries you're going to start setting yes. because I imagine a lot of you who are watching this have problems with boundaries just like us. So let us know the boundaries you're going to start to set. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, um, you can message us on our Instagram at Better Together with Maria because we'll be popping up um, posts on this for sure. And I'd love to hear from you guys because this is a very helpful conversation. Um, I wonder with those friends um, if they breach the boundary. So mm -hmm. this conversation, let's say you assert yourself, you give your news, and then thereafter they just 
now they they find a more clever way to start with their stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like you haven't sat down at dinner. It's as you're walking, they start telling you everything. And now they know right. they've got you. Mm-hmm. But they don't have to have you because here's the thing. We're assuming that the one who starts first is the one who does all the things. It's on you to make it more equitable while you're talking. It's on you to say, that reminds me of something I wanted to tell you about whatever. Like it doesn't have to be you do a monologue and I do a monologue, right? (laughs) It can actually be more equitable. And I think that we also, we have to look for ourselves. Like how often do our listening skills, I see this in my therapy practice a lot. Like, you know, I, I always talk about being a good listener, an athletic listener, active listener, but I always say, and I'm not talking to you people, the ones who hide behind being a good interviewer. So it's like you don't want to have to talk about yourself, or at least back in the day, mm-hmm. where it was more about getting the other person because it's a way of feeling in control of what's happening and mm-hmm. not being vulnerable. And there's all of these like secondary gain, um, which is like a concept of like, what is the secondary gain of staying in a behavior that outwardly you say you don't want that behavior? So we look at the secondary gain and go, ah, but there's gotta be something in it for me if I continue doing it, what's in it for me? And the questions that people can ask is what do I get to not face, not feel Mm. or not experience by staying stuck here. So even though, let's say with the person who dominates the conversation, you are frustrated, you say, I want equal time, it doesn't feel fair. But, and I'm not saying you personally, Maria, but in general, we would ask the question, what do I get to not face, not feel, not experience by still talking to this person who dominates the crap out of everything? Well, I get to not be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. I get to sort of stay in a victim position to a degree I get to be angry as opposed to um, be intimate because to actually be intimate, we have to both be sharing. And a lot of times we have trained the people in our lives. I mean, all the time we've trained the people in our lives to treat us a particular way. When you're gaining boundaries, you're going to be doing now a new relationship dance. And when you change your steps, trust me, people are going to notice that you're suddenly like, I know I used to be willing to do that, but I'm not anymore or whatever the thing is. Or you can have the conversation exactly as Kel said, you know, it's like um, I'm working on my boundaries. You can say that you can enroll some, especially people that you love. I mean, there's sort of one one set of boundaries for the outside world, right? Someone asks an intrusive question. um, You can say, why would you ask me that? Right. There's all of these like verbal self-defense skills that you can Mm -hmm. gain instead of giving someone information about you that you then later regret. We can say, well, why would you want to know that? And just that just not answering any questions you do not want to answer is having an amazing boundary. Most of the time, if someone asks me something that I'm like, you've got to be kidding me that you just asked me that. And I say, why would you want to know that? Because most of the time it's just morbid curiosity. Like, how did your niece die? How did, like, whatever. I'm like, oh my God. The person will back up and be like, wow, I'm sorry. 
you know, or, or yeah, they check I don't know. I was just fast. making conversation. Say it again. They get checked fast and then they have Indeed. no response. Yeah. And we don't have to be super pissed about it. We just don't answer the question. Mm-hmm. Hey, Hill Squad and Better Together fam. It's been a tough year, but we hear from so many of you just how much our content is helping you heal and get better. And it makes us feel so good. Our team works so hard to deliver this life-changing content. And a lot of you guys ask, how can I have a bigger role in our Heal Squad community? Or how can I do my part to help Better Together continue to uplift even more people? First of all, thank you for that sentiment. And we're so grateful for this community. If you could help us by giving us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts, that's amazing. Second, you could join the Better Together with Maria Menounos Instagram page. Third, you could share the show with a friend in need. And finally, for as little as $10 a month, please join our Patreon to get monthly live heal events with world-class healers, ad-free episodes of our show, and even weekly bonus episodes exclusive to Patreon. Getting better isn't easy, but it is a whole lot better when we can do it together. We love and appreciate and are so grateful for all of you. So back to your friend who's always talking about herself. We have people who are boundary first timers. And those are the ones we've never actually said in words what we need, what we want, what our limits are. And then you have the repeat offenders. And so we deal with them both kind of differently, right? You would have different scripts to deal with someone if it's the first time, even if you wish they had a magic ball, eight ball and they could read your mind. But we're all aware that they can't. Mm-hmm. So you'd have one process to set that boundary. Like I call it a proactive boundary success plan. Uh, Then you have the repeat offenders or you have the boundary destroyers. And they're, they're really hard because the regular rules of engagement for regular people don't apply to those people because they think that they are above the rules. So that's narcissistic personality disorder, could be any of the cluster B personality disorders. If you look in the DSM four, five, mm-hmm. or whatever, yeah, it's five now. Um, so it could be mental unwellness. That is part of what that is. But in the book, I have a whole chapter on boundary destroyers where I'm just giving you all of the um, emotional manipulation tactics that are used to eradicate any boundary attempt on your part, because knowledge really is power, you know? So let's move into the family zones, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because I feel like they're the biggest culprits of boundary destro- destroyers. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you lay and protect boundaries in family? Well, you know the players. Right. So part of it is we have to think about if we think about healthy boundaries and boundary setting in our relationships like dances, because they are your family of origin are the people you've been dancing with those people the longest. So it will take the most effort, the most bandwidth to change the dances. And listen, some of them, you really we have to get in our mind, like, what is this person's capacity to change? Mm -hmm. Perhaps I'll find a different way of creating a boundary rather than really needing to be understood. Like, dad, I want you to know, <laughs> maybe not dad, m- maybe. No dad, just, yeah. <laughs> dad, please keep these not 
okay people away from me. Yes. You can love them and you can hang out with them outside of my house. Yep. Stop serving me up, dad, please. Yeah. But again, that, that is your right. So we do it slowly. We do it with love. And when you're doing it with family or with people who you want to understand you, this is where you might provide more context because we want to be better understood, but context and convincing like are so slippery and they're right next to each other. So we want to make sure that we're not trying to convince them that we have a right to the boundary because you definitely have a right to whatever boundary you want. You have that right. So you don't want to be like, well, this is why justify, build a huge ass case. You don't need to do that and don't because it makes people want to disapprove. The moment we start to build a case, they're like, oh, she thinks she's doing something wrong. I'm going to jump on that. Mm -hmm. When you go, hey, I'm exhausted, dad. I can't, you know, I've got this thing tomorrow. So actually, um, we're not going to do this thing at the house tonight, at my house. But I'm happy to send the food we were going to do to your house if you want to have it, whatever. Whatever the thing is. I mean, listen, if culture has a lot to do with how easy or hard, because usually, generally speaking, let's say in Greek families, For example, Mm -hmm. this is a super enmeshed family system. And this could be true about Italians, Puerto Ricans, and lots and lots and lots of cultures. Feel like everyone knows what everyone else is doing. Feels like unasked for advice and criticism just pours out of anybody's mouth. They just want to tell you all the things and what you should be doing and why'd you do it that way. And those are all things where if, and you say to someone, you know, I feel this way. And they go, that's stupid. Why do you feel that way? You have no reason to feel that way. Hey, hey, hey. I wasn't asking your opinion about my feelings. I was simply telling you how I actually already feel. Oh, I love that too. I wasn't asking your opinion about my feelings. No one. Yeah. I think that, um, definitely, you know, in these immigrant families, we definitely have a, a, a harder challenge because uh, we're raised to please our parents. And if our parents are displeased with us, it creates such a, you know, not good feeling. Yep. And a feeling like I must do something mm-hmm. to rectify this. I must fix this. And you wonder why we are these high functioning codependents who are fixing all the things or so we think, but it is at the detriment of the quality of our own lives, Mm -hmm. our internal experiences. And so part of it is you're not that fragile. None of us, like it's a child's fear that if I say something that my father, my mother, or someone doesn't like, like the world will end as she had said before, right? Like It doesn't stop spinning on its axis. Nobody spontaneously bursts into flame. But the child within us is like, oh, my God, I'm in trouble. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be in trouble. So part of this process of creating healthier boundaries is allowing yourself to be uncomfortable and knowing that you're not that fragile. You draw a boundary. I have something that I call the 48-hour rule where I ask you to not take it back. Just self-soothe for 48 hours. I don't care what you got to do. Don't take it back. 
And after 48 hours, you're not going to want to. Mm-hmm. Because it sinks in. Because here's the thing we haven't focused on, Maria, and it's so important, is the feeling you've both described, how um, life-affirming, how positive, how good it feels to tell the truth, to set a limit with someone, to allow someone to know how you actually feel. But imagine doing it all the time. Imagine it being second nature because it can be second nature where everyone around you wants you to tell the truth, right? Expects you to tell the truth. The the people, because here's the thing, when you're a giver, you're the one who has to put the limits because takers won't, right? And it's not their responsibility. Yeah, we call it the bowl of M&Ms. We're like just the bowl of (laughs) (laughs) M&Ms. Kevin's the ATM machine. I'm the bowl of, eight, of M&M's. <laughs> yeah. Just can't stop grabbing. Mm-hmm. But it's our job to not be in that arm's reach. If someone's like, if Kevin's the ATM and someone says I want to borrow money, you can say, hey, I've got a no lending policy. It's kind of new. It's not personal to you, but I just feel like it protects my relationship. So as much as I'd like to help you, I'll have to say no. When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. (laughs) And that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of wonderful pistachios. You're going to love them. Wow. You just have a no lending policy to all the people. So you know why it's bad to lend money to family. I'm just saying. Yeah. But with family, I feel like, you know, I'll give myself the example again. No matter how many times I lay the boundary, it's still a surprise <laughs> on my end when it's breached and on their end when I'm having to re reinforce the boundary. 
So what do you do then? You're not going to cut your dad out when it's like he keeps bringing somebody that he doesn't even want to be around, around me or expecting me to, I'm like, oh my God, this is insanity. Well, part of it is you must live close. (laughs) When, yeah, well, I, yeah, we do. Yeah. Because that, that's part of the problem. So I bought my parents, we bought a house years and years ago and my parents lived in and took care of it, but they would bounce back and forth to our house here. Um, and now that we're spending more time back there, we've been making it more of our house. And I just, there's certain people I don't want to be waking up and walking downstairs to. There's mm-hmm. certain people I don't want to be commingling with. And mm-hmm. I think I'm well within my right. I pay all the bills and yep. I have for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are just certain things I just don't want. And I allowed them in very crucial moments, like my mom's death. Sure. And, you know, her five months of dying, I allowed it, mm-hmm. but I, my mental health and my overall health is worth more to me than continuing to try to please my dad and his need for everyone to think everything's okay. Yep. Right. So now we're talking about consequences, Maria. We're mm. talking about the only way something changes with a repeat offender, whether it's your dad or someone else, is that there has to be a consequence, whether that means you change the locks. That sounds extreme. Okay. Maybe not that, but <laughs> in a Greek family, but that, that is a possibility. Um, saying, Hey dad, I am locking the door and I'm putting the bolt on because I've asked you many times. I don't want to have uncle Sammy here or whatever, whoever the hell it is, you know, and, and then following through with that, not coming down. Right. If, if they, if they're there finding a way not to, but even that, like you shouldn't be trapped. It, like a prisoner in your own house. Oh my God. We had the alarm. Kelsey knew anytime we would see this person come in the driveway, it was, what, no, wait, what do we do? Boop, boop, oh, that's boop, it. That's it. Boop, <laughs> boop. And everyone would scurry to where they were going to hide and we'd have to get water so that we, cause we knew it was going to be a long time because this person has no friends. And so we knew they were going to be yeah. there forever and we would all have to hide. Mm-hmm. There's no way to live in your own friggin' house. No, but part of it is there's got to be the rule. Don't just stop by. Don't just stop by. Don't just stop by. Oh, no, this is a boundaryless person. Yep. So then don't open the door. It's my dad's son. Say it again. It's my dad's son. How is he not going to open the door to him? And your dad's at the house, though, when this happens. Mm hmm. I see. But do you have to enter? Like, that's complicated because you don't have your own living space, like for real, for real, where you can be like, this is my sacred space and you need that. So I don't know what the remedy is. Get a different house, move somewhere else, make your bedroom, your, your Zen den, and then don't come down when that person's there. No, I can't. I can't. I can't be even within the same city. I can't even Mm -hmm. be, I I mean, it is that bad. It is that bad. This person conquers my nightmares. It's, it's a very bad situation. It but it's bad for happen. your health, as you said. It's yeah. bad for your mental wellness. Yeah, and he'll he'll he will um, abide by it now, or he was because I think he saw me do so much for him and my mom mm-hmm. that he started to like respect the boundary. But then it'll be he's going to come over tonight for dinner, okay? And I'm like, no, not okay. I said no before, and I I can't. Come on, Maria, please, you know, no, 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 dad, please, no. Mm-hmm. And then he gets upset 
And then I feel horrible because my dad is now sad. The person I want to make sure is always happy and I want him to have a great life. Now I've hurt him. He's already hurting. Right. But that, again, that's the, the illusion that it's all on you. Mm -hmm. He is not considerate of how this is messing with your mental wellness. He wants what he wants. He wants the illusion that everything is fine and that everyone's, it's all good and no problem, but it's an illusion. And you've already, you've already done everything in your power in life. You have dedicated, like you've given enough, Maria. I'm not saying do anything bad with your relationship with your dad, but it's like this illusion that you're responsible for his happiness is an illusion. Mm. This is his choice. He can't give up on this dream of reconciliation or whatever the dream is, even though it's at the expense of your mental health. And you have to stand up for yourself. Imagine if you were a kid, right? What, what advice would you have again for your best friend or for a child that you loved? You'd be like, you do not need to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, but I feel so guilty. You would say, but you haven't I'd done like, anything. Bitch, you have a brain tumor and it will grow if you keep getting stressed. Yes. I love and, this notion of talking to your best friend. I've done that before too. Mm-hmm. in advising other people never for myself though <laughs> i'd be like well if you were if you were telling your friend what would you say <laughs> it's so true but you can do it here's the thing it's allowing yourself that 48 hours of self-soothing knowing that there's a 48 hour rule and you are not taking it back because every time you say no and then take it back and allow it because you feel guilty mm-hmm. you're reinforcing that behavior You are literally saying, all right, we're going to do this dance. I'm going to say no. You're going to say please. And I'm going to say, okay. Like, that's what's happening, dad. You're obviously aware of it. So we could just skip that and you could do whatever you want because clearly what I want doesn't matter. Or you can say, dad, I'm not trying to impede your relationship with him. Go out to dinner. Go somewhere else. Have him at your house. Dad, I've done enough. You know how it is. I cannot be stressed with my health. And this stresses me. That's it. Like, tell the truth, because part of it is that's hard to do, but it is the truth about how you feel. Mm. And knowing that you don't have to throw yourself under a bus to love others, not even your parents, right? Good one. Yeah. Queen, do you have any scenarios you'd like to bring up that I'm maybe forgetting or missing? Hmm. Oh, man. I don't know. I feel like, honestly, (laughs) I think I'm kind of getting borrowing the benefits from Maria. I feel like I've been pretty proud of myself with my boundaries lately. Like with I my sister's my bestie, but I mean, she's someone who calls and dumps on me constantly. And I had this conversation with her the other week. Actually, I was like, my girl, I love you, but I can't do this. And I would actually love if you asked me about my stuff. Did mm-hmm. you really? Yes. Queen yes. borrowing the benefits. Yes. I love it. Yes. And it was funny. My mom actually yesterday, she was like, I've seen a lot of growth in you. And I was like, thank you, mother. But no, I <laughs> yeah. think honestly, I have been borrowing the benefits <laughs> from you, Maria. From my very expensive therapy yes. sessions. Every time I'm done, done with the therapy session, I get so excited. I come down, I'm like, guys, you've got to hear this. This is amazing. You've got to learn how to do this. Yes. <laughs> and it's, I've been applying it. And I, for me, it's, I don't know, easier with my family, I think, even though sometimes it's harder, it's easier because I'm like, they have to love me. It's, it's literally the law. So (laughs) I can't really mess up. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Pooch, do you have any? 
Um, I'm trying to think. Well, if you have to think. Then props not. Then there's probably no. nothing there. Your guys' family is good. I could but. talk for maybe 50 <laughs> hours about boundary breaches, but yeah. I'm also 20 years older. You can think. Yeah. If you come up with one, let me know. But right. I think the biggest thing that I've... Um, that I keep hearing from people and even, you know, we can go to some of our heel squad questions too, is, um, is setting them and protecting them. And the, the part of it that's hard. And we talked a little bit about this is we fear the consequences. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so what I've been learning is to practice in scenarios that there aren't maybe going to be big consequences. Absolutely. Low priority folks. That's what I always say. Start with low priority people. Because it's less threatening. Mm-hmm. So when you're out to lunch, if your crap comes wrong and you would normally just be like, whatever, it's fine, I'll eat it. Send it back. You could be nice, but just just do it. Like that's a boundary to say, oh, hey, I wanted the dressing on the side, right? Yeah. Most of us would be like, oh, forget it, it's fine. That's but- the one that I do fear the consequences for, though. I never <laughs> send anything back anymore. Really? I could have an eyelash and I'm eating the eyelash. Yep, because I know what goes on in restaurants and it is ugly. And I've Stop. seen it with my own eyes. But I feel like, like Tara said, you could be kind about it and they're yeah. not going to like spit in your food. Depends where you are. True. Wow, dude. I can't live in a world where I think that everyone is so bad that they're <laughs> spitting in my food. I can't. I would yeah. rather be in denial of that. I'll just assume I made out with the chef. That's fine. <laughs> oh my God. I love that. I like that I too. I think that sometimes too. I'm like, okay, maybe we made out. I could just think that we made out or something. <laughs> It'll be fine. That is so funny. Um, But I'm not blowing them. Anyway. <laughs> no, thanks. I'm good. And that's what I'm, I'm afraid of people. Sorry. I had to go there. Oh my God. Um, I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. As a first-time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. (laughs) Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, They keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. So practicing on people 
is is um, a cool thing that I've been learning, and also reinforcing the win when there wasn't a negative consequence so that you have the courage to keep doing this. So can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. First of all, there's the, we're only afraid of the negative consequences, but you would be shocked when you start doing this, how many people are grateful that you have told them how you feel, how many people are like, Oh my God, I did not realize that I was doing that. And I so appreciate that you love me enough to have the hard conversation mm. because you know what, not having the hard conversation, that is not good for you or your relationship. And it's taken the easy way out. I'm just going to put that in the resentment inventory, just under why Bob is such an asshole. There we go. Okay. Moving on. Like these, these resentments, they fester, we ruminate about them bad for everybody. So having a hard conversation, is not just for you. It's actually for your relationships. So how do you judge which relationship you should do that with? Because I definitely, if like I'll judge um, and say, yeah, no, I'm just not going to be around that person anymore. And, and I know that some, in some cases it's because I don't think, well, I know that some of these certain people are just impossible to even engage with in a normal conversation. Forget when you're going to have to tell them something that might be negative in their mind about them. That's just all out war. And, you know, so then I'll just be like, okay, well, I'll see you once a year. But that's, that's, and I'll, right, I'll do though. my time. Like I'm in prison. <laughs> right. Once a year, the Christmas, that's why everyone drinks so much. Yeah. But here's the thing. That's your right. If you're saying, Hey, I've tried with this person. I've had so many experiences that tell me they're not capable. Like how many times do we need to smash our face into a brick wall? Like mm-hmm. you can just stop doing that. And it is your right to decide who's in your VIP section. So just because it could be family, just because they're not in your VIP section, doesn't mean you have to excommunicate and never talk to them again. You can as well, but it means who, what is your VIP section? It's who are you going to give access to your internal life, your most tender heart? And not everyone deserves that access right? Because they're not going to um, handle it gently or with kindness, or there's not that mutuality. So I think that deciding if people are really, their behavior is toxic, and you have many experiences that tell you that, I think it's okay to just remove yourself. Like I'm all about that because it makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. I think that what people fear is that if they set a boundary someone's going to like end their relationship. If they make a simple request, the friend, the person's going to just reject them straight out. No more. We're not talking anymore. But we have to be realistic and say, listen, if a friendship is so fragile that you making a simple boundary request makes the person be like, bye, that's not a good relationship. That means you have to walk on eggshells forever and ever and all the time. And who fuck has the time yeah. to do that or the bandwidth? It's exhausting. So I think two things that would be really helpful for anybody watching or listening. One, you want to know where you need boundaries. You're like, I don't even know where to start. You do. Do a resentment inventory. That, that's where you start. Because usually where you feel resentment means a boundary is needed or a boundary has been crossed. 
So you're going to make a list of people mm-hmm. and then go, why am I resentful? Okay. Oh yeah. This is where they cross that boundary. And I never said anything. Okay. So you get that. So you're doing a resentment inventory to understand where do you need boundaries? And then you can slowly but surely make decisions about who you want to draw the boundaries with, who you want to have a conversation with. But I want to encourage anybody listening to realize that you can be more assertive in a positive way too. Like we've been trained that to be the cool girl, so to speak, right? That the more chill, the better. Like, you know me, I'm easy breezy, no fuss, no muss, whatever Mm -hmm. you guys want. That, hey, it's all good. Why I hate that. Um, Because you're like, why is it? It's not all good. And why even say that sweeping statement, which is basically saying, no need to consider me, right? Don't consider me. Just whatever you guys want is great. And it's very rare that that is really how the person feels. It's an ingrained behavior to avoid rejection, conflict, or whatever the thing is. So know that by telling your partner, your sister, your friend, your preferences you're letting them know you. It doesn't mean they're always going to do what you want. We don't, they don't need to. Mm-hmm. But it's still information because you drawing boundaries is not about changing the other person. It's about you having the courage to negotiate for yourself, to stand up for yourself, to not allow yourself to feel or be victimized by other people, even if the other person, like you can't be responsible for how they receive the boundary right? That's their side of the street. Your side of the street is saying, hey, I wanted to let you know this because I'm feeling like I'm copying resentment towards you and I don't want to because I love you. So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to make a simple request that whatever the simple request is, right? Mm -hmm. We can really have those conversations. And in Boundary Boss, I've given you literally probably a thousand (laughs) scripts and sentence starters, because so much of the time we're just like, I just don't have the words. Mm-hmm. I just don't. Oh my God, you should see me with my therapist. I'm writing everything down in my notebook and then I'm going back and then I'm crafting things from there. So having those scripts is really helpful. Um, I think I'm going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to ask, ask some of these heel squad questions. I want you to take a quick peek. I'm going to run to the restroom really fast. Take a quick peek at what we haven't asked from the heel squad. If there's anything on here, just let me know. And then if you guys have any other ones, we can add in there Perfect. too. And then Tara, are you Give still okay sec. on time? I am. I have something in 15. So I'm okay. good. Okay, I'll be perfect. back in two. Perfect. Wow, Yay. this is so good. Yeah, this I'll, is amazing. I want to talk about shame. That's what I want to talk Ooh. about. I feel like I'm pretty good until it's that. Yeah. And then I have so much shame around it. And I second guess. Yeah. It's it's almost like, it's like you get, it's like you (laughs) gaslight yourself into being like, Oh no, like I'm just being so sensitive and crazy that I like, Mm -hmm. like want, that boundary but it's like yeah. and then you feel bad you're but like, oh we, no you're right I'm wrong yeah like you're right you're right like no yeah. and like yeah oh yeah I don't know it's interesting again oh should, should I save it for when she's back yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, let me look because I could keep talking you know, <laughs> no this is literally 
Yeah, I have something. So yeah, this is helping me actually so much. It's literally so funny. Kelsey's been my therapist this week. And this is what <laughs> this is what I needed. Yeah. I tell oh. her I told Pooja that she needs to stop going to psychics and start going to therapists. Yeah, that's because I promise I'll help. <laughs> I'm like, we could do like a balance. That's what I like to do. Yeah, we could yes. do a balance. <laughs> that's so funny. I'm doing an article right now for the well about therapists, psychics energy healers like the difference between and do i think that those things can coexist and sort of be supportive of each other (gasps) where will this be it's in in it's a uh, site called the well oh yeah Yeah. it's depox that's so awesome that is so you'll have to send it to us when it comes out i sure will i love that that is so so cool um i liked what you said to you like you have the right to like decide who's in your inner circle um it's like it, it sometimes you feel bad because you're like, oh, like if they were and like, you know, they did some stuff that it's kind of shady and you're like, well, like, but they were such a good friend for so long. And then you start to look back. You're like, was that actually being a good friend? Then you're like, no. yeah, we call those the or I call those historical handcuff relationships. Mm. Yeah. Someone else had talked about that. I forget what they use. Really? It, just a different term almost, but it was like they f- make you feel like you have to keep a relationship just because of how long it's been. But like that doesn't need to happen for either it does of not. you guys. And yeah. it's really on what you think, you know. So part of it is, again, oh, this is another point we didn't make and maybe we should, mm-hmm. is how we're so dialed into the quote unquote realities of other people, what they think. I mean, I start the book out saying I was a bridesmaid eight times in my 20s. Like four of those times, I should have definitely freaking said no to the ugly dress experience. (laughs) But that other person's reality was like, we were besties. And I was like, dude, I wouldn't even have invited you to a fucking housewarming party if I had a house. Oh my goodness. My sister has that problem all the time. She wasn't like, I think this year, six bridesmaids. Six. Oh my God, she was telling us that. Yeah. My sister deals with this a lot. Yeah. I have to tell her this. (laughs) It's true. And, and it's like, I'm embarrassed. Why did I let them think we were such good friends when I didn't really feel that way? And now how am I going to say, we're not close enough for me to be a bridesmaid. Right. Like that's my problem (laughs) right now. It's very hard. Oh my gosh. Okay. Maria, I put little like, um, circle half circles around the ones <laughs> like the moons with the star <laughs> exactly okay cool i forgot my coffee in my office and in, in the kitchen that. Too. i was like where's her coffee well i had so much water anyway that like my liquid overload so it probably couldn't fit anyway okay <laughs> <sighs> okay here we go normally we're done by now so i normally get my bathroom break in <laughs> <laughs> totally um okay cool so we're back And I want to go to some of the questions that we have from our heel squad. So one of our uh, listeners says, I set a boundary last month with a friend of 10 years and she walked away from our friendship. Mm -hmm. I'm so deeply hurt and trying to process all the emotions. Can you help? I can. Um, We were just talking about this, that if the person in your life is so attached to their role as whatever it was. I don't know what your conflict was about, but clearly they were not used to you asserting yourself. And if you asserting yourself was so offensive to their fragile ego that they ended your friendship, that really speaks to something. And so it's painful and you need to mourn the loss 
of what you hoped that friendship could be and then let it go because that person is telling you, wow, I am deeply limited. I will not accept you if you do not continue to prescribe to the way that I see you. It's really hard. (laughs) It is hard. 10 years. I mean... Well, That's I think really hard to is. like sit with. I know. I remember seeing this question and just not really knowing what to say. Well, you could write something to the person too. I say, I always say, write a letter. Mm-hmm. Right? This is how. That's we what move. I did in my situation because it was eating me up inside. Yep. Um, and you know. And you can choose to send it or not, right? I always say to my clients, write an unedited, as hurt and pissed and all the things that you want to say, curse, do everything in the first letter. And then if you see how you feel, and then if you choose to send something to the person, if you want to be seen, because someone ghosting after 10 years, it's also such a power trip. Like I'm cutting you off. That, that is so, first of all, very emotionally immature, even though it's very painful, but to have no conversation about it at all. Um, and you can write a letter to them if you want to saying, hey, this is really painful. I thought we, our union was more solid than that, you know, or whatever, whatever it is you want to say, or I'll miss you, or I'm upset that you don't think enough of me to have a hard conversation rather than that you just, di- you know, reject or ditch me or whatever the thing is. Mm, yeah, I like the letter because I know, and I'll tell you whoever this was, I forget who this was from, but um, writing that letter to my friend who um, rejected me, let's say, and whatever, it makes me feel better because I tried everything mm-hmm. to repair and um, and and just, you know, explain the circumstances in case I don't like to assume sometimes that they know everything. Mm -hmm. I explained the circumstances. I also explained how I am aware of how great of a friend this person has been to us in, in, you know, in life. And, uh, and that I would hope, you know, we could move forward from it. Now I know Mm -hmm. I tried everything. Right. But you also want to be seen though, Maria, it's not just about sort of checking the boxes to a degree. Like I, I, I do, I'm the same. I want no stone left unturned if I am seeking to resolve something, but it's also important to be seen. It's not just about like how you feel also matters. Mm -hmm. And so it isn't just about fixing that because if you did just fix it with no conversation about how their behavior impacted you, you'd be resentful as shit. Yeah. Like there's no way not to be because it's not cool. It's almost like the people pleasing to an extreme where it's like, but I just need to fix it. But you also need to be seen. Yeah. Because how you feel matters too, you know? Yeah. No, I agree. I think, um, yeah. And then I guess in that letter, you got to make sure you're explaining your side and yes. and making sure that you're seen. And it goes back to, I mean, I love that thing you said earlier about when you're not setting your boundaries, that is going to lead to you not being seen because no one's going to ever fully know you. And I think that's super powerful. I've never heard anybody say it in all of these years. And I think that's something I'm going to take away and really look at. And, you know, sometimes we're all so desperate to be seen Mm -hmm. and yet we're not giving anybody any reason to see us. 
Right, because we're more desperate to avoid conflict or to avoid being rejected or to avoid a hard conversation Mm -hmm. unconsciously. So hopefully what this episode will do for many people is bring that information from their unconscious mind, the basement right here, up to the main part of the house and a lot to think about. And I walk you through all of this step-by-step in the book. You know how some books, like you could just open up and be like, I'm going to be motivated today. That's not that kind of book. This book, you start at the beginning and you go to the end Mm -hmm. because everything builds on what I just taught you before that. And it's all about you because there's no one size fits all when it comes to boundaries. It's about your family, your culture, your downloaded boundary blueprint, what you learned in childhood, all of those things. And we're all so different. It's highly personal. you can do it. It is highly personal. Exactly. It is highly personal. Because it's your needs and desires. Um, Okay. So another question from the Heal Squad. How will we know we are speaking our truth and we aren't scared anymore? Great question. How are you left feeling? It's always your feelings that will be like your body wisdom is just off the charts. So if you are um, negotiating for yourself, if you are telling the truth about your preferences, your desires, your limits, and your deal breakers, you'll feel a certain amount of satisfaction rather than a certain amount of resentment. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very important though, that we look at boundary requests as um, the important thing is that you're seen with the request. It's really not about like, if the other person doesn't acquiesce to what you want, you didn't fail. You are still a total boundary baller because you have the conversation. This is how we get to actually know people. It can't be so polite that we never have conflict, right? There is conflict. And that person might be like, hey, I can't do that. Okay, well, maybe we can compromise. Maybe we can do something else. So you will know that you are speaking truthfully for yourself when you feel a certain amount of peace Mm. in your relationships and in yourself and in your life. Yeah, it's like a meal. Are you raving about the meal after? Do you feel great? Or was like, eh, oh, right. not that great. Exactly. I paid $40 you know for feel. that and it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, I like that. Um, we want to talk about the, um, the three R's as well. Recognize, release, respond, and treating ourselves with compassion. Okay. So part of what's happening is you're going through this process of learning boundaries. It's you have to recognize when you're in the moment and you can, you'll do this after you start laying down boundaries, after you start being more tuned into what your preferences, desires, limits, and deal breakers are that like, how can we draw boundaries if we don't know those things? Cause those things are your boundaries and they're the things that make up yourself. So you have to recognize that something is happening. Like what is happening? What is not working for you? That's where the resentment inventory can come in. And then you have to be willing to step out of your comfort zone, right? We are releasing. We are releasing the physical feeling because when someone steps over a boundary, trust me, your body immediately is like, I feel something. Maybe I'm constricted, might have a pain. I might get hot where like my face flushes because I'm like, what the hell did she just say? What is going on right now? Even if you don't say anything. But we're releasing, letting go sort of of that familiar 
limit that behavioral pattern of where we would then maybe silence ourselves. We would not talk to them anymore. We would put them in the, you're no longer my friend pile. Mm-hmm. That is releasing. We're releasing all the limiting behaviors. And then you're responding and you can choose to speak and act from a more mindful and conscious place. Even if we just say, hey, you know what? I want to think about this. I'm not sure how I feel. I'm going to get back to you. Like, or I'm feeling something right now. I'm not positive what it is, but I'll let you know. Like, we don't have to know everything perfectly. Mm-hmm. That's the hard thing when you get caught off guard. You know, it's like you feel like Tyson just punched you in the ring. You don't, you don't know what's going on yet. So you exactly. can't respond. And then later you're resentful that you didn't respond. But I like that. I'm feeling something, but I just don't know what it is yet. Right. And I'll let you know. Or when people are like, well, I need an answer now. Right. You know, people like that oh, pressure, yes, yes. their lack of planning, their bullshit emergency now needs to be mm-hmm. like your problem. If someone says to me, well, I need an answer now, I always say, oh, if you need it now, then it'll have to be no, because I never make immediate decisions like that. I always take at least 24 hours. I like that. Yeah. I've been bullied into things with that. There's, yeah. There's a lot of policies that make it so much easier to say it. Yeah. Right. I have a no lending money policy. It's not personal to you, just nobody, because I've had bad experiences and it really has ruined relationships in my life. And I love you too much. I don't want it to be ruined. Very, very good. Okay. Last one for today. And hopefully you'll be back with us more and more because I think this is something we're going to keep reinforcing. (laughs) Um, How do we create a new normal with setting boundaries without feeling that guilt or that shame and without abandoning ourselves? Which by the way, by laying the boundary, you are not abandoning yourself. So, yes, that that's how do we not do it with guilt and shame? Part of it is we have to question the guilt. We really have to look at it and go, okay, is did I actually right? Because what's the difference between guilt and shame? Guilt says, I think I did something wrong. Shame says, I think I am something wrong. Mm. Right. Like I think I am like monumentally and fundamentally broken in some way. And I want to hide that. I feel ashamed of that. So I think that we have to look at our training and go, I'm willing to stay present and question should I really feel guilty? Is this just a knee jerk reaction? Right. I'm reacting. I'm going to slow down. I'm going to take a deep breath and I'm going to think about it. Do I have anything to actually feel bad about? Do I think I did something wrong? Or am I just upset that someone is displeased with me? Because they're not the same thing. And if it's that you're upset that someone is displeased, then you're going to put the 48-hour rule into effect. And you're not going to do squat until that's over. And when that's over, you're not going to want to take it back. So part of it is I can't tell you how to not have those feelings as you're transitioning, because you will end up being in what I call the in-between. So like we have the old way defense mechanisms, the old way we were in the world, right? That's that's the, the old way. Then we have the new way of like how we want to be truthful, bound your boss, take care of ourselves, all that stuff. Well, in between there, it's called the in-between, which means that you know too much to do the old crap. You're like, well, that shit's unhealthy. I'm not doing that. You haven't yet mastered the new crap. So you're just like, mm, I'm just here and I don't even know what to do. 
that doesn't last forever. Stay present. Keep working. Keep understanding. Understand your boundary blueprint, right? If you guys want to get the book, go to boundarybossbook.com. And I have all of these um, bonuses that will help you with what it is about you, right? It's not that like I'm nobody's guru, trust me, Maria, but I'm a damn good GPS to get people to their own information that they need to understand why they are the way they are, which makes it a million times easier to change. I love it. Such a great conversation. Guys, the book is called Boundary Boss, The Essential Guide to Talk True, Be Seen, and Finally Live Free. You can find it at Terry, with an I, terrycole.com. We'll put everything in the summary of this episode as well. Um, Man, lots to think about. Thank you so much. Kels, Pooj, any last thoughts? Lot to digest. <laughs> Lots, Lots to take in. So good. All though. great things though. Yeah. Thank Very you, helpful. Terry. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. I'm going to give your, your listeners a gift, which oh. is about boundaries and codependency. And it's just a video and a downloadable guide so that you can see where you are in the codependency scale. And I'm going to tell you where you can get oh, it brother. and we'll put it in the show notes too. Yes. It's, it's, <laughs> hold on. We'll all take you. it right after this. <laughs> hold on. I'll make sure it's live right after this. It is boundaryboss.me forward slash better. Ooh. And we're better together. All right. Queens, we learned a lot. I have a lot to apply. I'm so mind blown by the whole concept of if you don't lay your boundaries, you'll never truly be seen. Mm-hmm. That blows my whole mind. And I also think it's the reason we don't end up with true intimacy with people. So interesting. Yeah, because I find that, um, you know, I have certain people in my life where we're so intimate, we're so connected, we have such deep conversations, and it's incredible. And there's never worries of boundary breaches or whatever, because they truly know me. So they're never going to do that stuff. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And if they do, we have those little conversations and, you know, we get get past it. Yeah. But with everybody else, that maybe there's a little fear of, of setting those boundaries. They never really see you. And that's where you have all these like struggles. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And Um, I just feel it. I feel, well, and then. Also kind of goes hand in hand with the, like, we want to be seen, right? So if we're not being us, then we never feel seen. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's kind of wild how this all just, I mean, it makes sense, oh but God. like, my God, I'm a lot of good so, stuff. So, so excited. Well, friends, I hope you enjoyed this. If you did, leave us a review, leave us a comment, tell us what you love, tell us what you want to hear next time. That's my alarm. I changed it from the porn music. Oh, it's new. <laughs> to raindrops. That was an aggressive raindrop. Yeah, that no, was it's like, like a it starts oh. slow because I was getting punched in the face with everything else. Uh, anyhow, <laughs> that's my alarm to go get my COVID test for my colonoscopy, people. Here Yay. we go. It's so exciting. Um, anyway, uh, I I think this is um, this is really exciting to to really navigate and get through and learn and grow. And um, in the meantime, uh, like I said, leave us a comment. Uh, If you haven't hit subscribe on YouTube, we do this every single day. Um, And anywhere from our 22-year-old Pooja, 28-year-old Kelsey, 43-year-old me, 
12-year-old Winnie. Yeah. 55-year-old Kevin. He always says 72, but... 73-year-old Kevin. <laughs> We're all learning and growing and having these amazing breakthroughs every day, and you can too. Uh, if you love the show, share it with a friend. Help us out and, and help us get this to more people because they need to be able to learn to set their boundaries and be seen too. That's all, friends. Be nice people, make good choices, and be present. Hey, Hill Squad, we have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much, and we love doing this thing called life with you.